0: Howdy duty bookeroonies. It's RJ here with your newest episode of Realms and Nerds. As usual, before we get started, just a few notes for you. First of all, our big announcement uh, is that you can now find our podcast on Spotify. Also, if you listen to our podcast through iTunes or Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave our show a rating and review. It would really help and we'd really appreciate it. If you're a new listener or you just haven't already, I highly suggest you hit the subscribe button to be the first to be notified when we put up a new episode of the show and automatically get it downloaded. Uh, You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook with both a Facebook page and a Facebook group. We're on Instagram as well and Tumblr and Twitter. If you make a post online about the show, be sure to include the hashtag RealmsNerds. That's all one word, RealmsNerds. If you like our show, be sure to share it with people you think would also like the show. It's one of the best ways to grow our listening audience. Once again, I'd like to thank our friend Kyle for composing the main introductory theme that you'll hear here shortly. Thank you again, Kyle. We honestly can't thank you enough. Thank you once again for listening. We really appreciate you. I have talked well long enough, and I think it's about time that we continue back with our adventurers in the return of Ornan. Previously on Rome's and Nerds: The Return of Ornon.
1: A man walks in. He's wearing a set of officer's armor, embossed with all kinds of gold and um, just different intricate designs. Mikael recognizes him as Captain Artemis of the Golden Guard. The Dark Elves of old were able to use silver to channel magical energy. We think that right before he was vanquished, Ornan poured his life energy into several silver objects, which then allowed him to survive all of these years and now return as a lynch. We have learned of a man. This man is said to wield a silver ring We believe that this ring may be one of the silver pieces that Ornan poured his life spirit into. Clearly, we cannot allow such a powerful artifact to be in the hands of evildoers, however, it is unclear if we will be able to destroy it. Once you recover this item, we will have to examine it to figure out what can be done about it. You all kind of uh, have, at this point, congregated together around the corpse and have retrieved a ring from his finger that you can only surmise is the silver ring that was the one that you are looking for.
0: Chromatic Orb. 17 against AC. Not gonna hit him. Okay, well, wild magic surge. Joan is immune to being intoxicated by alcohol for the next 23 days. You
1: uh, y'all you pack up your new stuff and head out uh, going south toward Beacon. party has journeyed back to Beacon it took you several days but it's been largely uneventful as uh, if you remember before there is a fairly well traveled road that goes from Timbers Crest back to Beacon as they are <coughs> trading partners and so it's fairly well-maintained. There's not a whole lot of thieves and whatnot around the area, and especially for adventurers that are heavily armed are not going to be messed with very much on this road. I wonder what it would have done like if they named the
0: city Bacon. What? Why? Joan? I don't know. Bacon's just really good. Stop it. Make me hungry. Is, I'm sorry, John. I forgot to eat breakfast. It must be loopy. You always forget to... to eat
2: breakfast. It's I'm sorry
0: be...
3: that I can't get
1: drunk Whiskey's so I can't not breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I will strangle both of you.
3: <laughs> I was going to suggest that maybe Joan was getting a little loopy due to his inability to become intoxicated. Wait,
2: Joan I mean, can't get intoxicated.
3: That's not the problem. The problem is I just I can't sleep well. I've noticed that you've only been drinking water the last few days and crying constantly. No. Yeah, you know, what's up with that? Until we get to a I'm town not... where there's a tavern and then you order the strongest drink and drink an enormous amount of it. I mean,
0: actually, if you look at my water skin, Joan holds it out to Mikhail for him to sniff.
3: It's whiskey. Oh, you were just drinking so much of it I thought it was water. Nah
2: yeah all right now i'm sad didn't
0: i actually just bu- yeah i just bought a water skin so i can actually have water in that one <laughs>
2: you make me sad joan
0: <laughs> i mean go. you make me sad
2: that's, oh, that's a nice crispy
0: bacon
1: for you mr Frog. <laughs> <laughs> put it out
4: put it out oh well, that's nice ash and my tomatoes
1: all right so joan is a very 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 sad and very very tall boy so, uh, anyway, you make it back to Beacon without too much <laughs> trouble. So, uh, after you make your way into the city, you, uh, walk up to the gates of the inner sort of keep area, and are, after a brief moment, are admitted in, and, uh, walk up to the offices of Captain Artemis. Do we walk in?
4: Wait. Well, yeah, yeah, do we?
1: Yeah. I'm... I I mean, that's up to you. Are you gonna kick the door in? Ravash kicks the door You're in. gonna knock... <laughs> what are you doing he, here? I guess he kicks Ramos- the door. waltzes <laughs> on end. How are you doing, Artie?
2: Hi, Captain Artemis.
1: How are you doing, Artie? Hello, dude. Were you able to recover the ring? Pulled you? the ring out of his bag. What? I
0: don't know. I'm tired.
1: Uh,
4: um, uh, oh, all right. I've got it here for you. Just pull it out of my bag. Does
0: the X only slide onto your hand?
4: <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's is just like one ring style. out just five just, pages. As ring, I right? grab it out of my pocket, it slips onto my finger. you know? <laughs>
1: okay. And nothing happens, okay. because <laughs> it's not that kind of ring. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Everyone else turns invisible. Drops to the floor. Thud! Captain Artemis actually looks pretty concerned that you've just walked right in. You mean to tell me that you brought that into the city without an escort? Where, where are the guards?
2: Uh, we are the, are the escort. I don't. I don't think. You Never know, told us to bring guards. guards. I mean, we're the ones who got it. You just told us guards. to
1: go kill the dude and get the ring. Do you know what we've been through for this ring, boy? Howdy, and, are you difficult? And he kind of yells. He kind of yell, yells out the door. Captain, uh, another officer comes running in. Yes, sir. All right, we need you to rally up a guard. We need to get this down to the vault immediately. And uh, he uh, he turns and runs out of the room. Are we going to walk there with a procession or something?
4: Just confetti flying through the air? What is this?
0: Artie, we've been here like three minutes now, and you haven't even
3: noticed that I'm taller than you. Something's on your mind. (sighs) Pardon me, Artemis, but wouldn't it be uh, a bit more discreet if we took it there in private as we brought it into the city? Yeah, why, why get a bunch of fanfare for something
0: so deadly if you don't want it to fall in any wrong hands? Wait a
4: minute. Why are we taking it to a vault? Do you guys not know how to destroy these things or something? (laughs) Why don't we use it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here, (laughs) Boromir. Well, it's not that we don't know how to destroy it. Then why don't you just destroy it? I myself am not a practicer of the arcane arts, but uh, from what I can tell from the conversations I've had with our masters is that the power contained within this ring would be incredibly dangerous to destroy it. They are attempting to formulate some warding spells that can be used to shield the area where the ring is destroyed, but for the time being, we are going to have to hang on to it until it can be safely uh, disposed of.
4: Can I do an insight check to see if he's, like, lying to us or telling us, like, half-truths here or something? Uh,
1: sure, yeah. That's a Five.
4: He's your best friend.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you, you don't really see Captain Artemis trying to lie to you. Mm -hmm. I also throw an insight check. Okay. Cloth. As far as you can tell, Captain Artemis seems convinced by what he's telling you. He doesn't seem like he's trying to hold anything back. Insight check. Nineteen. So with a nineteen, I think that you can actually detect that Captain Artemis is a... A soldier, and he's been a soldier for a long time, so there's, he's stared down a lot of different dangers. But his sort of one downfall is he has never really been able to practice the arcane arts in any sort of capacity. Mm -hmm. So having such a strong magical object so close really kind of freaks him out a little bit. But as far as you can tell, he is not lying to you about his intentions with the ring. Well, let's get this ring into a vault. Well, I will compromise with you. We will take a small detachment of ten guards with us. Fair enough.
2: And so let's all carry a silver ring so they don't know which one is real.
0: I don't trust that coming from you, Sibo. I feel like you would probably swap the real one with a fake one and then pocket the real one for later. I, for one, am
3: on board with Sibo. Do we have any duplicates on this? Um, no, and I ain't making any. <laughs> I don't like this idea.
0: He's shady, and I don't like it. Let's
2: just you, go. you really think that I want a magic ring yes. that belongs to an evil sorcerer yes. that at some point we believe he imbued his life essence into, and we've gone through many hardships just to survive to get this Correct. ring?
0: You do make a good point. But yes, yes, I do think you would.
1: (laughs) What Um, are we waiting for? Let's go. Yes, I would agree that I think time is of the essence. Let's just get this down into the vault and get it over with. And so, uh, yeah, you take the ring out the door, and as you do so, a small contingent of guards has lined up in the hallway, and they sort of surround you front and back as you walk through this hallway. So, uh yeah, these guys walk with you. You actually walk out of this building you were in and um go down through a couple of alleyways to a large marble building. It's pretty unremarkable in terms of the entrance coming in. I mean, basically, it looks like a vault. It's a very sturdy, solidly built building, no windows. There's a big iron door on the front that a couple of guards swing open as you walk in. And uh as you kind of come in, you notice that this entryway, this kind of room, as you will, is basically empty. There's not really a lot in there, except in the middle is a big wooden platform with a, a mechanical contraption next to it. And Captain Artemis says, this will lower <coughs> us down into the vault. We We found it best to use some of the passageways that were part of the mountain when the city was built as the vault space.
2: Uh, see what, like, to roll a perception check to just see everything that he can learn about this building. Okay. Fifteen.
1: Yeah, like I said, when you came in, there was a... those two big metal doors that were swung open by some guards. There was a couple more guards inside of... The main area, but other than that, there was not a whole lot. There's some small areas that would be essentially the king's petty cash, if you will. You can see some bags of gold kind of locked up in sort of just like metal cage kind of areas.
2: What about the ceiling and the upper works of the building?
1: There's not really, I mean, it's just a solid piece up there more or less, this is just like a one story building as you come in.
3: How is this room lit?
1: There is some lanterns that are hung there is um pillars that go kind of along the two sides of the room going all the way down and all of the pillars have lamps on them.
2: You got yourself
1: a nice looking bolt here, Captain Artemis. And he points at a couple of the guards. Why don't you two keep an eye on this one? <laughs> Probably a good idea. <laughs> Trust me. Uh <laughs> And Good old Arty. You all walk forward to this lift in the center of the room, and uh, are you all going down with Captain Artemis? I've got the ring, so I'll go down with him.
0: Yes. I believe so, yeah. Out of duty.
1: Alright, so everybody gets on with him, and uh, we'll say just an extra four guards get on the lift with you, because it's not an incredibly large lift. So there's a couple more guards that are sort of the operators of the lift, and they pull a couple levers, and down you go. For a good little bit here, looks like probably 30 or 40 feet. It's just solid rock on either side of you. And as you go down, Captain Artemis explains, As near as we can tell, long ago when the elves and the dragons battled for control of this place, uh, this vault area was sealed by the extreme heat of the dragons' flames as they battled in this area. We, uh, came upon it actually by accident as we were tunneling down and exploring the area.
3: This isn't where the ring was kept before, was it?
1: No, um, the ring actually was not in the possession of Beacon prior to this. The ring itself is an ancient artifact. It comes from long ago, somewhere in the First or Second Age. Uh, has been passed around from various keeps... Stolen by different people, returned to those that would do no harm with it, and so on and so forth. And stolen once more to reside here. For now. For for now. Like I said, we are working on a solution to take care of this ring. As you can understand, uh, those of you that are users of the Arcane, um, these matters are very rarely straightforward, as I've been told, and sometimes with items such as this that have been constantly imbued with more and more magical properties over the centuries and millennia, it has become a challenge to unmake those different wards and properties. So uh then with that, you kind of punch down sort of through the rock face, and well, in short, there's a lot of gold in here. My, my. (laughs) You got yourself a haul here, Artie. There are several bin areas that are just full of bags of golden coins. There's shelves that have various important records. There's a whole section that's all different jeweled um, pieces of ornamental jewelry. You know, crowns, scepters... Brooches, necklaces, etc. Ramash looks down at Sibo and says, You behave yourself. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, yeah, exactly.
2: I am just looking.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure you are. Oh, I'm sorry, was that <laughs> out loud? <alive? laughs> you keep telling yourself that. I see those fingers twitching over there.
1: So, yes, essentially, <laughs> in short, you can tell that the wealth and, uh, sort of flashiness of Beacon is not hollowly presented. They do, in fact, have vast quantities of gold stored up here. So then with that, you have now reached the bottom of the vault. There are, as you've gone through, there was actually several different floors of the vault that you passed, but you bypassed all of those, and you are now on the lowermost floor. And uh, as you reach the bottom, you are greeted by a contingent of guards who are outfitted with some special gear. They're wearing sort of what looks like a cross between kind of like a soldier's armor and mining equipment. So you can only surmise that this is some sort of special gear that they've come up with for soldiers that specialize in being down uh, in the depths for longer periods of time.
0: You all got a canary?
1: These guards come up to greet you, and after they have kind of verified your credentials so to speak they bring forward two uh dwarves that are much older they have long gray beards and they are introduced as the records keepers of the vault and uh they take the ring and they have a whole book that's their ledger and they write down a a spot number and then they take this ring and uh place it into a big uh, iron box, lock it away, and hand it to a couple of guards and direct them to the section to put it in.
4: Just like that. That's all we
1: can do for now. Down to the tavern. Well, I can't really think of a much safer place to put it. Um, These vaults are very well protected. We have quite a bit of magical shielding done to the exterior walls to keep them from being breached in that sort of a sense, and, uh, as you can see, we have guards in here that patrol constantly. I don't really have a much better place to put it right now.
3: Alright. Is there anything, in a way, of a reward for finishing our quest and returning... Said dangerous item.
4: Yeah, do we get get some compensation? I mean, we went through a pretty long haul. That was hard. We went through quite a bit of efforts and put our lives quite off a lot. Joan threw several
1: inches. (laughs) (laughs) Can we
4: hit the tab? Let me, uh,
1: yeah. And he actually stopped and he looks at Joan and goes, Yes, Joan. What the fuck? I'm sorry, I magic, you know? (sighs) Magic. (sighs) Well, at any rate, yes, the king has obviously authorized the reward for you. Uh, in fact, it should be waiting for you. Do we get to meet him? When, when we get to the uh, top, <laughs> Joan, um, that is a possibility we shall see. Uh, in the com- obviously, you know the king is very busy. We sh- and Because um, if he's a dwarf, he's probably short, and I'm so tall, it'd be kind of comical, you know? Why don't you point that out? I would, uh, I would not mention that to the king if you should meet him. Oh, no, no, uh, I just think it'd be comical, though. No, I. We shall see. Um, obviously, you know the king is very busy. Um, we're actually, well, I won't bore you with the details. But there's some disputes going on in the border. We've got a couple of economic issues going on. Do king, any of them involve the, is, the fists? I cannot speak of matters of state. So I will gladly it, go against the fist with you. Okay. Again, I cannot speak of matters of state All right, fine, without fine. approval. Anyways, uh can I talk to the record keeper for a little bit? Hey see, not we go hit the tavern instead. I don't just uh, just one question,
2: Mr we're Mr. Not, Mr. We're Adam, not you, 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 up.
1: you you could ask, ask him me. one question. I don't feel comfortable
2: leaving you here with them alone though. Mr Record keeper sir. Yes. Um I was just wondering if uh if an artifact by the name of the monocle of La Tutu Sim might have come through here at some time.
1: Well, I, um, I am not sure. I will have to consult my records. It does not immediately come to mind, but that doesn't mean
2: it's not here somewhere. Because, um, you see, us gnomes, uh, it's quite special to our heritage. Uh, it's my second grandfather on the left's Son-in-law's, uh, you know, he, he created it out of pure gold for purely just practical reasons. Ramash yawns loudly. yes well I will uh, I will
1: consult my records and I will pass a message on to Captain Artemis if I find anything yeah alright yeah you guys make your way up to the lift um there's kind of like a little (laughs) sort of signal pulley that Captain Artemis pulls and a long ways up you hear a, a faint bell ring and then uh the lift starts to come back up
0: This is a neat contraption what do you call this
1: uh I know what you're doing.
2: Here. <laughs> so do I. Elevators. <laughs> We're
1: not is this, retconning is it elevator. elevator Is it called a lifterator? <laughs> <laughs> a lifter, maybe. Uh, uh, I, think, I think
0: you should just call it a lift. That'd be right easiest. Yes,
1: we call we call this a lift. Um makes sense. It well, can be found in most construction sites to one degree or another. What if you gotta go down? Wouldn't you wanna
0: call it a drop then? Or a lower. <laughs> lift only really works if you're going one way.
1: Uh, Slap wow.
3: Joan in the knee.
1: Ah. <laughs> you make it to the top, and uh, there is four bags of gold waiting for you. You all get a thousand gold pieces. Oh, yeah. And uh, on top of that, you are led by uh, a couple of the guards to uh, one of the nicer areas of the city and uh, find that they have set you up with some accommodations You've all got some pretty nice apartments up here in the city to stay in.
3: Do these come with uh, deeds, or are they just temporary lodgings?
1: Uh, at this point, it's just temporary. Does mine come with a hot tub in it? These apartments are guest lodging of the crown, normally used to house different dignitaries and whatnot, but because you have done this great service for the city... They're letting you use these for the duration of your stay here. I should... should How much to buy this?
4: I should warn you, I live kind of rustically, so whoever your maid service is, might have to clean some mud off the floor. I'd like to know how much uh, it costs to buy one of these places
0: permanently.
1: 20,000 gold pieces. Well, (laughs) let
0: me check my bank account. (laughs) Looks like I got 30,000 plus the uh, 4,000 I got on me. Sounds good. He said gold, not copper. Oh. Uh, I thought he said, iron. Uh, Gold-wise, yeah. Okay. And he slips the key into his bag that they gave him for it.
1: Yeah, no, you can't buy these apartments. That would be like asking the king how much it would cost to buy his throne for, <laughs> from him.
4: See if could steal it for him. Can I speak with your king?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, Joan is going to the tavern. Tavern. Okay. To drink my
3: sorrows away. Since I am too far away to go hunting, I meditate in my room.
4: i is okay. actually going to kind of wander the city and look around. He's not used to city life, he's kind of interested.
1: Tavern. Okay, okay. So I guess we'll, we'll just kind of do this kind of together. After you've been set up in these apartments, you've been here for about a week now. So what have you been doing in the intermittent week here? Ever heard of a tavern?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I seem to recall Jones saying something about a tavern. Every morning waking up in the tavern. <laughs> drinks all day just to fall asleep at the bar. To wake sober, up. Sober. Totally completely sober. So you sober. spent
1: your whole week in the tavern? Well no, nah, just he like is the so later portion to of the day. drunk he he's,
0: he's gonna wander the city yeah. earlier in the day tab. see what's about, but so he's, gonna, he's gonna spend a decent amount of time in your the
1: Your tab is hundred and fifty gold pieces all right, that's per nice. day. No, for the week. Oh, you
4: should have done per day.
3: Okay, Mika, what have you been up to for the week? Well, during the day part of the time, I am quietly meditating in my room and um, researching arcane arts as far as necromancy, kind of to follow along the traits or ask around about any sort of type of magics that would be related to the kinds that he would figure that Maleoculus would be using. And then at nighttime, he goes practicing his agility by leaping from rooftop to rooftop.
1: Okay, does he uh, does he go back to the temple at all to kind of check in, or he does go back to the temple and report back
3: everything that he's heard? He mentions um, how Malleolus would be going to the north and request permission from the temple to actually head north in pursuit of after this is finished.
1: Okay, yeah, I think that he uh, they they kind of give him permission to continue on this quest. And in addition he finds out that uh, a couple more of his uh brothers of Bahamut have returned and uh they talked about how on the uh the northern edge of the forest they helped to repel an assault by some giant scorpion-like creatures that tried to cross uh over into the forest but with the help of the leaf coalition and uh their Brethren, they were able to push them back. And then I inquire if Mossy considered them more
3: or less equal, or the debts, rather, spared as far as his assistance.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's very grateful for the help. He views the world sort of less in a sense of keeping tallies of who owes who, but he's definitely grateful for the help in sort of repelling the assault.
3: I want to remind the other priests in the temple that the leaf Coalition would be good to keep <coughs> these allies in the future. Okay. And I kind of relay the story of everything that went down in Reach. Okay. Leaving out the bits of me being
2: aligned with seth Okay, leaving that bit out. Yes. Alright, uh, what's SIBO been up to? On the first night, Sibo desired one thing only, and that was to climb to the very tippy-top of the mountain that Beacon is, you know, built into. Yeah. Which I assume involves climbing on top of the palace. And then over the, the remaining week that they remained in Beacon, uh, on four of the night, he decided to sneak into the homes of a few of the higher-end residents that live in Beacon... Collecting a few valuables and uh, spending a little bit of time, you know, in the tavern, playing music during the day. And later at night, planning and then executing the small heists of some wealthy homes. Joan only enters the taverns, by the way, after SIBO's done performing. Sebo's <laughs> kind of wondering uh, just how much he made out with.
1: Well, he hasn't made out with anything yet because he's still got to fence these items that he stole. Do you have somebody you trust in Beacon? Fencing the
2: fence. <laughs> fencing the fence. <laughs> <laughs> really? Half work down in the market district. Okay. Do you have you done dealings with this guy before? Do you trust him or a few times? He is uh, definitely cautious of this guy, but. They both have mutual respect for each other and the fact that they both are quite involved in the criminal activities of Beacon and the surrounding towns.
1: Man, Sibo is turning into just a klepto here.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also, wouldn't they, like, want to keep people from getting to the top of mountain or is it that like a tourist how trap we, kind we, of thing.
4: <laughs> no, he climbed up. He gets to the top, climbs over a fence, discovers a bunch of tourists with cameras. Yeah, it's like well, hi there, <laughs> buddy. Climb to the top. You know, there's, cameras, yeah, you there's, there's cameras you the cameras There's the winding
2: path up to the top of Beacon, and then there's the sheer cliff. And you know, Steve decided to climb the sheer cliff. You
3: know, uh, camera would be the code word for the artist that sits there, and they're like,
2: "Ooh, draw that." Exactly. There's an <laughs> artist up there. He's like,
4: "God <laughs> damn it! I'm gonna add a." Frickin' gnome. <laughs> no, oh, no. He moved. Now nobody <laughs> blinked for an hour and a half. <laughs> Why
0: you so Welcome to the city of Beacon. See the top of the mountain. Had the best view around for miles.
1: For real, for real though, they actually don't let any uh, tourists or anything up there... It's kind of like a lookout point for the military. Okay, so
0: he that's what I thought is that he'd have to kind of it's, sneak his way up. That's why up I there. said
2: the first night, you know. Yeah. He has extra <laughs> stealth at night as well as the fact. Yeah, alright. Let's
1: uh yeah, let's do a stealth check here. And you actually you have uh you have a buff on, you, don't you, because of your cord. I rolled a nap twenty. So SIBO climbs up to the top and uh actually while he's up there because of his little poncho that he's got with the crest of Beacon, actually uh, gets seen by the guards, but is able to convince them that he is uh, some sort of a part of the military and gets
2: away. <laughs> yeah, now part of a, a super specialized group of highly capable individuals. that are on a very intense mission to go across the entire region and collect high-end relics and bring them back to Beacon to lock in the vault. Lying by telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Mission known possible. <laughs> Mission known possible. So what has Ramosh been up to? Ramosh? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So did SIBO get any cash? Yeah. Well say he got two fifty out of it. Two fifty out of yeah, it. Expense
0: yeah. ain't gonna give you all
1: the money you deserve yeah, from that. Cost. Um you're lucky You you get away selling it at quarter value.
2: He yeah. spent
1: uh we're gonna say he spent a hundred and fifty. During his time drinking and also buying some of the uh, some of the herb, yeah. since since you've now read in that he's an enjoyer of the <laughs> the good good of <laughs> uh,
2: the finest of the okay. white timber grove. All right, so Ramash what do you put up to? Ramash is h- highly distrusting of
4: this place. He he's been living in the wilds his whole life, and he's if there's one thing he's learned about civilization, it's people who oh, yeah. love. Fortunes like gold and put high value in it have misguided values of power. And he thinks that they're keeping the ring for an ulterior purpose. He's just not sure what it is yet. Maybe not Captain Artemis, but he just does not trust this place. So he's going to look around and just try and collect as much as he can about the history of this place. He's very interested in the dragon's ancient nesting site, the mountain. And Sounds being like dragonborn, born. Check. He kinda like a history check. Yeah, but he's also investigating the city to see if he can discover anything he can about the any possible ulterior motives of this place and these ancient relics, because he again, he does not trust a civilization this large. It's distasteful to him. It's completely contrasting to Timber's Crest, where they were living in communion with nature versus this place, which is a giant metropolis.
1: Yeah, um I actually would like you to do a history check.
3: He sits with his
1: herb garden all week. Fuck me! (laughs) That's four. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, you're able to learn a little bit about the city, but not really uh, quite as much as you would have hoped. So is Ramash then, because I know you said he feels like they have ulterior motives for the ring. Has he been watching the vault as well?
4: Yeah, he's been kind of scouting out all the guard activity and anyone he can, basically. He's trying to find out as much as he can about the guards in particular around the vault. Maybe something about the captains, if he can. He's trying to be very subtle about it, too. Okay. You know a
3: national treasure when they're touring the Independence Hall. Yes, with the Liberty Bell. Uh, Ramash was intending to climb up to the bell tower, but instead he followed along with the tour. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wait, whoa! This is interesting.
4: It's <laughs> like, damn it, there's some good dragon stuff here. Wait, what was I supposed to be doing again? <laughs> God,
1: never mind. I'm dragons. <laughs> So, um, like I said, you've been in Pekin for about a week now, and, uh, then you all get a, a scroll delivered to the door of your apartment that reads as follows: You are cordially invited to the wedding ceremony of Hyron Silvertwist and his bride, Matilda Stoneforge, to take place two days from now. So who are these people? So, um, you guys don't know either of these people. Mikael actually recognizes the name, uh, Hiram Silver Silvertwist. He is a, a very rich member of the city and has been a long-time patron of the temple.
2: Kind of like a sponsor? Up?
1: Sure, yeah. he, um, although not a member himself sort of he tries to use his money to act like he is. His house, he's got a lot of, sort of, Bahamut stuff there. Armor, he's weapons. got the suits of armor and the weapons, and, you know, maybe, like, when they sit down for dinner, he throws up a quick prayer to Bahamut or whatever.
3: After dinner to entertain the guests, <laughs> he practices sword form poorly in front of them.
1: He likes to, sort of, play like he's a part of this culture, but insofar, there's not really been anything that members of the temple could do to stop him, and he does give a lot of money to the temple, so. (laughs)
3: Mikhail decides that he might be worthy of note and decides to attend to at least observe this person.
0: Do we, are we like all like, walking outside our door and finding the scroll kind of like the morning paper with, like, our cups of coffee.
1: We all whatever. open the door at the same Hr-watch time, and I Hold I on. Ravaj has a big fucking mug of Joe. I mean, for I think for Joe it's probably a big cup of whiskey. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely picking up the scroll, glancing it over, and, like, closing the door behind him as he goes back into wallowing his misery.
1: So, uh, I'm assuming that you all are gonna accept this invitation? Mm, yes.
3: No. I think Joan threw it away.
4: <laughs> he's using it as a coaster. Ramash. Ramash is getting ideas. Because, again, he's. In the cage like, room. <laughs> uh, going back to National Treasure, you know how the whole thing was just the whole party? <laughs> and then his <laughs> the cover?
1: What has our podcast become? How many times are we going to go back to National Treasure <laughs> in this? <laughs> Ramash okay. actually goes We're to steal the.
4: And just between the two of them... Hey, Seabo. I'm really interested about what else is going on down in that vault. Are you as interested as I am, for starters, or do, are you more interested in this party? Very interested, actually. Could you help me figure out
2: if we could use this whiting as a cover to allow us to go down there and investigate a little bit? On one condition. What? In our time down there, we look for my family's relic. You get five minutes.
4: can
0: I use your hot tub! No! Come on! I'm
2: bored! No! I'm opening the door! I chose that room! Sit Jump, Get, out, Get out, out of here! here. Has the hot tub! Ramash
0: I wanna use your hot tub! You're if only his like li- shower don't don't has a shower. <laughs> he's got two whiskeys with him, by the way. <laughs>
4: well he's not drunk, I know that. No, he's not. I want to use your hot tub! I want to use the These hot tub working. Board.
0: It's hot out today.
4: Ramash gra- actually grabs Joe and so, brings the room. Okay, so Joe, we have an idea. Whoa, whoa,
2: whoa. What do you mean, whoa? We can use all the help we can get. In a side. Oh, we're doing he whi- another heist? He whispers to uh, Ramash. Awful, you know, he's he's kind of like, he likes to act like he actually
0: he's a good person, you know, we're, like, two feet away from each other. I heard all of that. You know what,
4: Joan? Go ahead and use my hot tub. Just, just, just get out of the room. Just, here. Here, just. You gotta stop. Here's, here's the TV remote. Just go in. What's the TV? <laughs> <right>.
1: Relax. <laughs> just keep, <laughs>
4: okay, relax. <laughs> enjoy some cartoons.
1: Um, that's a magic the tiny TV. vision. <laughs> can, uh. the tiny vision. <laughs> can Ramash do a, uh, bluff check for me? Yeah. Yeah, I got plus zero on that. <laughs> nine. Okay. Yeah, actually, I think a nine is enough to convince Joan right now because he is kind of mentally uh, unstable <laughs> right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> he lo- so, He's losing his shit. Pl- plus, I mean, you're really giving him what he wants, so he's kind of just like... Sort of shuffles
2: off into the other room, and so after this conversation, Siwo and uh, and Ramat I think are going to take a, a stroll through the city, conveniently past the vault entrance to do some some scouting. S- some scouting. Also, I'm thinking about subtly asking Captain
4: Artemis or whoever I can get friendly conversation going with about what the guard situation will be like. Will. Are they going to move guards from elsewhere to go around in this party? Is this a big to do? I mean,
2: I think you should ask Captain Artemis if yeah. he would require your services. My services. After receiving
3: my invitation, should I do an investigation check to accidentally be in the same spot as them <laughs> while they're observing in- the guard? Investigation.
1: <laughs> because I am asking about what was
3: his name again? The
1: the the uh, guy Oh, Cynemetus? <laughs> His name, his name is Hyron, Hyron Silver Twist.
3: And asking about him and his wife since I don't want to appear awkward uh is upon not knowing his future wife. Okay. So is that a yes I can roll an investigation?
1: Yeah, go ahead and roll.
4: Sixteen.
1: Uh yeah, I think you see the two of them sorta of leave together and you follow them. How do you turn the bubbles on in this thing? <laughs>
4: Ramosh forgot to...
1: Uh, Here's a straw.
4: <laughs> Ramosh forgot to mention he uses his dragon's breath to heat the coals.
1: Alright, so, uh, yeah, Mikael's gonna follow them. There's no
3: interaction between me and them, as long as I'm tailing.
1: Okay, so you're just can watching do them do their thing. I'm watching a, them. Can Ramash do a perception
4: check of the area around him? He doesn't want to be too noticeable. Yeah, once
2: they get, okay. once they sure. get to the vault, Sebo's so also gonna roll a perception check to... Uh, see what you can see and learn about... That's, Michael. uh, 17. And, uh, and also scout the in for anybody that might be putting my net. on. Okay. Let's switch dies. Hey,
1: look,
4: there's Mikael.
1: I think you guys do actually notice Mikael is, uh, about a block back from you.
3: I squint my eyes <laughs> quizzically.
4: Ramash just waves back like, Hi! Uh... Oh, nothing going on over here, buddy. We're, uh, we're just, just, just we're trying to find Joe, you know. He, he went off to a tavern. We're trying to figure out where he is. You know, he's sad these days. And I, I don't want to feel lonely. I mean, he lost his family. He's always holding those toys. Yeah, he's been trying
2: I, to kill himself with alcohol. And now that, you know, he's removed alcohol, we're scared of what he might I'm do. I'm afraid he'll probably use my hot tub and drown
4: himself one of these days. So we're, we're just trying to keep an eye on him. Well, then
3: why would you leave him in your room unattended?
4: Did he know that he was in my room? If I was, like...
3: I mean, he
1: he saw all Jones going, going on, on yeah, family. so... I think he knows, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I wanted to keep him in a safe place. Hey, we gotta go find...
4: <laughs> <We're> <laughs> just, <laughs> I go down the hallway to the bathroom, and I come out, my door's cracked open, he's not there anymore, I'm a little scared for the guy, hopefully he's not back in my room, dead in the hot tub, and I just missed it, but I mean, you know... <laughs> He does uh, tend to wander
3: a little. Uh, I don't think I even need to have a check if I can logically figure out that they left saying that, well, he might drown himself, and Right? they left.
1: Yeah. I think that's pretty, It's a pretty bad lie that they're in right now. So I give them
3: a seedy look.
1: Yeah. So, uh, is uh, Mikhail gonna try and convince his companions to come with him to the wedding? No.
3: I'm more or less, I've already decided on what I'm going to do. Okay. It's more or less curiosity as what the fuck are these guys up to.
4: Okay. Ramash grabs Mikhail by the arm, pulls him to an alleyway, looks him in the eye and says, All right, here's what's really going on. I do not trust these guys at all with that ring. It is sketchy to me that they don't have a plan already for getting rid of it. He's like, oh, there are ways of getting rid of these objects, but we don't, can't do this right now. That seems a little off to me. I don't trust them. So Sebo and I were
1: planning on scouting out that vault entrance and seeing if we could use the wedding as an excuse to have the guards
4: wait while we try to get in there. And I just want to have a look around in the vault and see if there's anything fishy going on down there.
3: Well, you already recruited the one with the lightest and stickiest fingers, I see. Of course you would choose to recruit the one that has pickpocketed in every town that we have entered.
4: He also has the most experience with heists
2: and jobs like this.
3: So you intend to steal?
2: No. I intend to break in, not take things. There's only one thing that they have down there that I actually want, and it belongs to my family in the first place. You know that's a load of bullshit. Don't take it too seriously. I told him he gets five minutes to look around and we're out.
1: (sighs) Ugh.
3: I cannot condone these actions, Ramash. Though I will not stand in your way, all I ask is your assistance when I hunt out my adversary.
4: I already told you, I'm in on that. Don't worry about that, buddy. You have an adversary.
2: Where the hell have you been this whole adventure?
4: (laughs) What?
3: He is the one who burned Timber's Crest.
2: Oh, and sent those demons after
3: me. That would be him. Are you interested?
2: Yeah. All right.
3: Well, we head north of Timberscrest as soon as this wedding is finished. It has an interest for the Temple of Bahamut.
1: So, uh, yeah, I think you sort of go your separate way as these two continue to survey the surroundings here. So, uh, the day of the wedding is now upon us, and, um... quick thing. uh...
4: <laughs>
3: is he still in the hot tub? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> two days
4: later... So what did, did you figure out how to light the fire under there, buddy? Yeah, I just took my gun.
0: And he casts uh, the one spell.
4: Which is called
0: Firebolt. <laughs> firebolt. Yeah, he uses Firebolt on him. You roll, roll a d20 hey, for hey me. Hate you <laughs> all. <laughs> Can't enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you roll? <laughs> Critical fail. <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: oh, no. This is oh. turning out to be wild <laughs> yeah.
0: magic. I guess that'll count for one. one. Um, I don't know how this one's going to work. You are transported to the Astral Plane until the end of your next turn, after which time you return to the space you previously occupied or the nearest unoccupied space that that space is occupied.
1: Joan uh, pulls the trigger on his revolver and uh, immediately uh, blinks into the Astral Plane. Where he's at, it's... It's dark. He actually is still floating in something. It doesn't look like water, but he's still floating uh, in something, and it's dark. He can't see anything. Am I dead? Uh, uh, and then uh, a couple seconds later, you blink back and you are now uh, laying naked outside of Ramasha's room, because as you look in, Ramasha's room is on fire. <laughs>
4: What? naked, though. You were in the hot tub. You were getting ready to get in the hot tub. Fuck ass dude.
0: Damn, I'm about to buy new clothes. We got
4: this skinny ass, long <laughs> law- <laughs> fucking half elf.
1: So a fuck ass
4: dude in the
1: hallway. So Ramash's room is on fire. That's um, not good. And so, uh, we'll say about an hour later, when Ramash and Sibo show back up, there is a uh, a small group of these. City, uh, watch members that have been helping to put out the fire, and so... What's going on here? What? John, what'd you do now? I'll give you... John Misty steps away. Joan has only a hand towel to cover himself (laughs) with. Why are you naked right now? Why are you not? Leave me alone. (laughs)
4: <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it was dead and then your room was on fire. Because it's frowned upon in society, otherwise I would be. Secondly Wait! A minute. Do I smell smoke? What 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 is that? I was having a barbecue, don't worry. Did Did you leave the hot tub coals on? Uh You're supposed to douse the flame when you get out Yeah, that's the top. what that's what and happened, it says I think. So, on the side of the tub. I died, I don't know. <laughs> they got, got a little picture I'm a, of a man outside the tub. <laughs> I'm worried. <I'm laughs> <boring> water.
0: <laughs> I'm going home for a change. O- <laughs>
4: <laughs> can,
0: you, can I go home and change into my clothes, or, much? or are you just going to lecture
4: me on I, how to put on hot tub? to the, enter his room. Hmm. Joan runs home and
1: <laughs> gets new clothes. Does Joan, Joan, does Joan have a spare set of clothes?
2: No. <laughs> 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 Joan, I have a proposition for you. Yeah. <laughs> Give me 40 gold pieces, I'll go down to the market. 40 gold you... pieces
0: is yours. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my measurements too.
1: <laughs>
2: and how much did it actually
1: cost <laughs> to, <laughs> to buy one clothes of those measurements seems like I mean I think you just buy him some basic clothes, but I mean they're I mean they're like a weird size. We'll say uh 15 gold pieces <laughs> or get him some clothes. So he's pocketing twenty five and he spent fifteen on the clothes. Yeah. Oh so he went and got cheap clothes. Correct. Yes.
0: Good. Those are gonna rip during battle and I'm gonna be naked against well, a bunch of goblins. Don't you, have,
3: don't you have armor? I thought you were wearing regular clothes most of this time. I don't wear armor, no.
1: I mean you uh, could you could can go armor.
3: get better
1: clothes. I'll
3: probably do that before it's, we leave. No. Oh my god,
1: sorry. Okay, well, me well this was this. fun. <laughs> Alright, so uh the day of the uh Oh yeah.
0: What time of day is the wedding at? The wedding? Yes.
1: Um we'll say it's gonna start in the afternoon.
0: Okay, that's not that's before Joan usually hits up the tavern, so he'll go. He's got okay. nothing better to do. So, Especially now that
1: the hot tub's gone. So Mikhail and Joan are going Ramash and SIBO after some I keep discussion. Them at least at arm's length most of the time. Okay. I'm Just going. Up,
3: I'm going out to buy better clothes. To we
4: wear this. His arm's length or your arm's length? Because yeah. you get two different. His arm's length. length. Okay. okay.
1: Ramaj and Sibo have decided that uh, the best way to sort of cover their plan is to be seen at the wedding and then slip out, so that they can, you know, kind of have a cover. You know, if, if somebody is sort of looking for them, then, you know, they kind of have like, a, oh, well, you know, people saw me at the wedding, I was there, that kind of a thing. And lie, yeah. You know, we go in our
2: our nice clothes. Ramash
4: put... makes sure to polish his scales up, you know. Then he we have to be shiny the bronze duffel bag.
2: In, in... in the broom closet. Yeah, yeah. Pull <laughs> well, put yeah, the tactical yeah, yeah. gear on.
4: Ramash is not bringing any weapons with it.
0: How much did I spend on buying better clothes than the ones that he got me?
4: He wants clothes that are nice enough to
0: be presentable at a wedding, but well enough for use afterward. Because the ones that he, he got can, were cheap. Does he not have use. one of those
3: fake shirt fronts that he has that only comes down to, like, here and, like, an old sport jacket? No, he's just gonna look, like, presentable.
1: I guess we'll say you spent 20.
3: I go in the uh, armor that I left the temple with because I know that as the groom is a sponsor of the temple, he should at least recognize the craftsmanship.
1: Okay. So you guys all kind of go into this sort of big uh, gathering area in the, in the home. And I guess I should just say, because uh, I kind of partially described it before, but I'll just in more detail. Um, hiren has got a really nice house. This dude is definitely loaded. Everything is very ornate. Like I said before, a lot of the things sort of have kind of a Bahamut twist to them. Sort of in the same vein of like how today it's sort of trendy for Hollywood stars to have Buddhist-inspired stuff. He's using these sort of crests and showmanship of Bahamut as a a fashion piece more than anything. So that's kind of the the aesthetic of this house. Everything is super expensive. There's actually for uh, the two of you that intend to try and slip out. There is a uh, slightly more security in this house than you were initially anticipating. So, um, I think that the two of you decide that Sibo is gonna try and slip out and sort of figure out a a pathway out since Ramosh is... Kind of big. and Kind of big, there. yeah. So, f- try to find a way to get out and then sort of come back and lead Ramosh out. So, uh, yeah, Sibo gets out. Um, he's able to kind of slip behind some curtains, I think, and sort of slide his way out. And uh, as he's hunting around some side passages, he goes past a closed door and um, is just about to continue walking, but then he stops because he hears the distinct sound of bags of gold clinking together. (laughs)